0: Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties, listen to the questions you have.
1: We find pros in the know to help you learn.
0: And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome Welcome to to VO VO Booth
1: Booth Besties. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. Have you joined our weekly email list? Swing by boothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email and we'll get you added. And if you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, join us there too. As usual, if you have a question as the interview goes on, simply drop it into the chat and we'll do our best to fit it in. Now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, A.B.
0: All right. Jenna is an award-winning voice actor and commercial producer based out of Dallas, Texas, but she's a Cali girl at heart. With an anchor in music and acting from her youth, Jenna's professional voiceover and production education began in 2006 by doing in-house commercial reads for a radio station group, Visionary Related Entertainment in Hawaii. As she became a regular voice for the station, Jenna learned how to edit audio and create files for on-air use and eventually became the assistant to the production director. Fast forward to 2019, when she started her current job with Odyssey as a full-time commercial producer and voice. She now has literally thousands of commercials for radio, television, and web, as well as navigation units, phone greetings, corporate videos, and more under her belt. Jenna is also certified in radio production and music entrepreneurship and has been asked to guest lecture at several colleges on radio production and voiceover courses. And currently, you can find Jenna leading automotive commercial workouts and coaching select students in the automotive genre over to you, JT. Thank you very much. Hey, Jenna, how are you?
2: I am doing so well tonight. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we are thrilled to have you here. And uh, let's start with the abridged version of how you got started in voiceover. Well,
3: I always wanted to do voiceover before I even knew it was a job choice. And throughout the years. I just kind of put it on the back burner, but I always was into acting and always taking choir classes and music classes and theater and stuff like that. And then in 2006, I was like, I'm going to do it. And I was broke. So I (laughs) contacted you know, the local radio station where we were living in Hawaii at the time. And I had marketing and promotions experience and that got me in the door there. And they have microphones at radio stations. So I was like, yeah, so here's an opportunity where I can talk and hopefully learn mic technique and you know kind of on the job training for voiceover. And I made myself available. And one day the production director came up to me and was like, Can you read? And I was like, it's been a minute, but yes, I can read. And I did my first sweeper. It was a 10 second for McDonald's, The Return of the Tarot Pie. And that's that's what got me in there. And every time that when they heard me, they're like, whoever she is, use her more. So that was how I got started with the voiceover, and I fell into production. I had, I did not do that with any intention, Um, but when I was there, you know, the production director would be like, "Can you go record yourself in the other room?" Sure, I can do that. Can you go ahead and pick a bed for this and go ahead and put that on there? Sure, I could do that. Why don't you go ahead and find some sound effects and put that in there? You never say no when someone asks you if you can do something. So that was how I wound up getting into it, and I loved it because. Again, I love music, so I'm getting to play with music and manipulate music, and I enjoy playing with sound effects and sound, and I got to do that, and I got to read. So it really was a great marriage of all the things for me, and that's how I got into production. Um, Yeah, so that's how I I started.
2: (laughs) Very humble beginning. No, that's awesome. I love that you got your foot in the door and then worked your way through until you got to do the thing you wanted to do. That's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. So, until recently, automotive has traditionally been male-dominated. Um, what made you decide to go for it? I started booking automotive, and, and
3: and they and I didn't know why they kept requesting me. I mean, obviously, I was doing something right, but I didn't know what I was doing right. Um, and I really just enjoyed it. It's just, it's there's a difference between automotive and regular commercial. Um, just in terms of you know not all the normal rules apply to it, you know it's not you're not always landing your lines, you're getting to go up at the end, and you know just there's a musicality to it, and the energy just is as a generalization is just much more real and fun so that that was really what kind of sparked it for me was well, I'm booking it, so might as well you know get better at it because you know that that's that's where the money is for me and so <laughs> Um, that was, that was really what what piqued it for me was, you know, just that I happened to be booking it, and then I just really wound up enjoying it. And then the fact that there aren't that or there weren't that many women doing it at that time, it was an opportunity to really, you know, n- not like I'm a pioneer by any stretch, but just in terms of really being able to make an impact there because you know, you never really, you weren't seeing women do automotive stuff. And we drive cars, we tote kids around all the time, you know, we buy cars, like, why can't our voice be one of the voices represented in selling the car? Why do we have to have a guy tell us to buy the car? Why can't we trust another woman to tell us what we'd like about a car? So I, I, I really enjoyed that part of it as well. So I think that's what really got me into having kind of a passion for automotive. And
2: it's just grown for me <laughs> over the past few years, and yeah, cool now, before we dive into the nuts and bolts of the automotive genre itself, mm-hmm. um, there's obviously been some evolution. How do you see it evolving and women really fitting into the picture? Well,
3: when covid happened, um the auto industry they took a big hit just because they didn't have cars as available as they wanted, yeah, so it, it became more about what services that dealership offers. And everybody in general, you know, it was the new normal and we're all in this together and it was all of that. So it kind of opened more of an opportunity for women because we can deliver more of that kind of comforting feel to it in, in general with advertising. So I, I think COVID really gave us a push that we probably wouldn't have been able to attain for another five, 10 years.
2: Um, so I think that accelerated it a lot for us. Um, yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. So if someone wanted to get into automotive for VO, where do they start? (laughs) I (laughs) honestly, um,
3: the easiest way is to get your hands on an automotive script and see if you can deliver it kind of like how you hear it on TV or on radio, like really start kind of watching those to give you an idea of what you really want to emulate with automotive and start kind of on your own, basically just doing homework to really kind of study the differences between like an automotive commercial versus a college commercial versus, you know, a skincare esthetician's office versus, you know, any, any, anything really, but just really focusing on automotive commercials. I'm really kind of studying that. And then just if you have access to a coach or a workshop, try it out there or just dive on in and start auditioning for them when you find them. Um, and that's really, I think, how you can get started. I, I would recommend you know, working with someone for a minute just to kind of teach you some of the basics and to find out if you like it, because some people don't. And that's great. They are you know, they have their heart in some other, you know, bracket of voiceover genres
2: that are out there. So, um, cause you really do have to love it for sure. And you're right. I mean, I think coaching is important for automotive because it is different. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're all learning how to do the authentic read for the commercials and, mm-hmm. um, you know, even now for, um, for e-learning and, and corporate narration, it's, it's more honest and real than it used to be, to be more mm-hmm. engaging. Yes. And automotive, just like you said earlier, definitely has a different cadence and a different tone to it. So coaching, I think, is key.
3: Yeah. I mean, there there is a place for authentic reads in automotive, absolutely. But it's not to the same degree as all the other aspects, especially of commercial.
2: Right. Um, do you think it's important for someone to have an automotive Automotive specific demo. It's definitely going to help because
3: the thing about automotive is it's very your career is definitely in your hands. It's it's very heavy on direct marketing because you don't see lots of automotive commercials out there floating around on pay to play sites and things like that um, because they have their own production houses generally. So you're going to be reaching out to them and contacting them. And when you do, you got to have something to show them. And a commercial demo is okay, but they don't want to have to imagine what you sound like selling a car. Make it simple for them. If you have an automotive demo, they can see right there. You know, If you're good at hard sales, soft sales, luxury, what have you, if you have that demo, that's absolutely going to make it easier for them to imagine you
2: doing automotive
3: spots for that company or that production house.
2: And I think that another thing that people don't realize is that there are three tiers in automotive. So, yes. <laughs> can you explain the difference between those to us?
3: Basically, tier one is national, and that's where the, the bigger money is, is on those. Um, that's where you get, you, you know, you've got Matthew McConaughey with Lincoln, for example. But I mean, it's not like everything national is going to be voiced by a big screen star or anything like that but you know those if you're in tier 1 you're basically going to get access to those auditions through an agent um and it it's not as much in your own hands as tier 3 tier 2 is basically you know the tags at the end of a commercial where it's you know this location and this location and this lo- so you'll be doing lots of that the regular commercial is already made and produced and then you have a tag but honestly, at least for radio, they've got in-house people that are doing the tags. So don't you don't really want to. If if you aim for that, that's great. But you're not going to have a whole lot of success finding those. Um, I know I don't have an easy time finding those, but I'm also not really looking. Um, and then for tier three, that's local. That's your local market. You know, Elk Grove Auto Mall right down the street, and you know those kinds of of dealerships or family of dealerships and those are the cli- like, those are the ones I want. I want to collect a whole bunch of them <laughs> and, because they have sales every month. So, you know, if you get that as your client and you're the voice of that dealership, y- you know, you've, you've got a reliable client there.
2: So that's why I prefer tier three. Um, and that's why I love tier three so much. Do you find that tier three tends to stick with the same voice for a while? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, dealerships do get
3: bought, so until that dealership gets bought by somebody else or it's there's a new dealership you're you're pretty much going to have that client for a a really good run
2: you know the on hold messages are also a great thing to do for dealerships (laughs) at a Volkswagen dealership that i gave them new on hold message every month for more than 20 years yeah and that's that's
3: the beauty of the local market honestly because you do have phone systems. I mean, I have a client that I do their phone systems for them. I do their commercials for radio and I do their commercials for TV. So, I mean, and that's all with one client. So, I mean, if if you've got dealerships and clients like that, I mean, they're, they're gold as far as I'm concerned.
2: Now, are you auditioning for automotive through online casting sites or are you direct marketing to get those?
3: I am primarily direct marketing from those, but I do have a couple of rosters that I'm on that, that I have about a quarter of my automotive clients through them. And it's, I with that roster, it's, it's just awesome, because I don't have to audition anything, they just send me the script, I record it, send it back. And that roster that company takes care of invoicing and everything like that. And they're a direct deposit, because I'm a freelance client with them. So if you get on a roster, whether it's through a production house or production company that specializes in automotive, you can get that, that helps a lot. Um, most of the production houses that I work with directly, I do invoice them. I try to only invoice them once a month. Um, and I mean, you, you can, if you only voice for them, you know, every quarter, then obviously invoice them as normal. Like, you know, when you would normally deliver your audio, here's the invoice. And, um, but yeah, I I do know that there are automotive spots that are on pay to play sites. I am not currently on any pay to play sites, so I can't say how much there is there. But from what I've heard, there's not a whole lot on there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, going back to the fact that most production houses, they have their talent that they wind up using for a while. And the thing that's nice when you're with a production house, they may have four different family of dealerships that they work with. so. Just because you wind up, you know, losing one of those dealerships, they're going to keep you on because they know that you're delivering great audio, you've got great turnaround times, all that stuff. So, you know, if you're a fit for the next one, I mean, you can't count out that production house just because you're not doing a dealership that they have because they probably have several. So that's the other you know, reason why you're aiming for production houses for Tier 3 Automotive.
2: So you're not reaching out to the dealerships themselves no
3: the dealerships don't exist in real life um it's all about the production house itself the dealerships they they the only time that they matter is if you wind up being in a directed session maybe one of them will show up but normally it's your salesperson that represents that client that will be there Um, yeah the the dealerships they they're, they're there in name only and you know you're Definitely focusing, tier three, you're focusing on the dealership and the car is important. Tier one, it's all about the car. Dealerships are secondary. De- it's all about the car for tier one. So that's the other one of the other major differences between tier one and tier ch- uh, three.
2: So it, it's almost like tier two kind of doesn't exist. <laughs> it, it, it really like, kind of doesn't. I mean, it has its place, but it, it, you, you really don't
3: aim for that one. <laughs> it is something that's there and you know you would get i mean it is it is a paying job you know if you get that and you wind up again they will deliver a pretty much a fully produced spot with maybe 4 seconds at the end for you to put the tag of the location of that particular dealership and you have a you know page with six or seven different dealerships that you're going to tag but it, it <laughs> <laughs> It's, 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 it's not really something that you, that you shoot for. It's definitely something you're not going to turn down. But, and I honestly, I rarely ever see those. I see those for the day job, but I, I don't see them whenever I'm direct marketing and getting production houses and things like that.
2: Now, do you find that most of the automotive spots that you do are self-directed? Oh yeah. Yeah,
3: definitely. Again, the tier three is it's very much your career is in your hands. A lot of the times when you get a new dealership, they'll maybe direct the first couple of sessions until you get an idea of what they want from you. And then after that, you're pretty much on your own, you know, you give a few takes and send it off to them. And, um, I mean, and there are some dealers that, you know, they are production houses rather that they do want to give directed sessions every single time. And the other thing is, is um, one of the important things about with your delivery as a voice person, you really need to master matching your own voice different times a day, different days of the week, because sometimes you'll just do a drop in. So you're, you're only going to do the special on the car that week and they're using all your old audio from last month. So that may be the only part that's changing. So you really need to be able to be consistent with what your previous read is. So that's a skill that you definitely need to work on and get good at for automotive.
2: Are you just sending your um, your voice into the production company, or do you find that you do f- some full productions too? I do not
3: do for for voice for my voiceover for automotive stuff. I yeah. do not do anything other than myself. I I give them clean audio. Um, any if I make a mistake, that's cut out. But I, I I'm sending just my voice. The production that's what the production house's job is. They've got directors and producers that are dealing with the visuals and all that kind of stuff. So they have their own machine that's well oiled in there. So really you're just throwing your voice at them when they need it. Um, for the day job, that's different. That's I'm voicing and producing those. Sometimes it'll be a two voice spot and you know, I throw that to somebody else and they give me clean audio and I go ahead and put it together and I make it. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of from the, just the voiceover side, yeah, you're just delivering voice. Now
2: I'm curious, what is the day job?
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I am a one of the producers at the Odyssey production hub. We actually have 32 producers for our company producing commercials for uh, 256 terrestrial stations as well as I don't even know how many streaming stations we have anymore. Um, but we're I'm available to voice for any of those stations in any market in any given time. But my we have four production hubs in the company. And the hub that I'm in, we have 11 markets that we babysit and take care of and produce the commercials for. So when I'm direct marketing, I actually do not market to the 11 that I'm in a lot already, um, just because I do want to try to give that exclusivity to my voiceover clients. Mm-hmm. And like, I am all over the place in Richmond. So the, I, I will not market, do <laughs> any direct marketing in that market at all because I'm already all over the air there. Same in most of Florida is kind of off limits for me at this point for my direct marketing because when you do get a client and a dealership in a certain area, don't keep trying to get other dealerships in that area. That's if you're with, um, you know, BMW of Tampa don't be trying to voice something for Mercedes of Tampa. That's very much a conflict of interest. You're not necessarily contractually obligated in terms of not being able to voice for other products in a market, but it's, it's a courtesy, you know, that to, to give that client, you be their voice only. um, Sorry, I I kind of forgot the question. I feel like I rambled. No, you're
2: fine. You kind of you led me into another one. So what are the regional boundaries? Like where do you draw the line on crossover? Basically, um, when
3: you find out uh like for Dallas, we've got the Dallas Fort Worth area. So this area, wherever the radio station kind of cuts out, um, like I have no problem voicing stuff for Austin, Houston. San Antonio, Dallas—it's fine. It's all tech. Granted, Texas is huge, but there, none of those radio stations or TV stations are going to overlap. So basically, you're going to look at what the reach is for that particular market for the airwaves and the broadcast stations on that to to try to determine, you know, where the next available <laughs> market is for a dealership. And they're all over the country, like so. It, it, there is no shortage of dealerships out there for new car or used cars.
2: So your homework is more than just searching for the production companies. You've got to keep track of where you are and Mm -hmm. what stations generally that you're running on because you've got to keep track of your crossover. You do. You're
3: not going to necessarily know what stations, but if you book something in Boulder, you can, you know, Boulder, Colorado, you can look on a map and see, okay, well, that area is spoken for. So how far away is it from Denver? You know, just those kinds of things. I mean, I mean, if you want to really get specific, but you generally don't know what they're buying in terms of what radio stations they're buying on. So it's just kind of a best guess by location kind of a deal. Gotcha.
2: Now, when you're starting out in automotive, is it more of a numbers game? You're like not going to bank your career on local or regional work right off the bat
3: well the thing is again it's what you what you put out so i mean in a way it is numbers um i will say i i posted this on my facebook the other day in terms of what my direct marketing numbers were there was one month i sent out 50 and i heard back from two and then the next month i sent out 50 and i heard back from one and then last month i sent out 15 and i heard back from oh god what was it i think it it was like 6 or 7 i think maybe 8 so uh like there's there's no rhyme or reason to to the numbers on it but when you are reaching out make make smart decisions with the connections that you're sending it to so you do wind up having a better success rate with with who you're direct marketing to um you know it's it's better if you can you know find out who the creative director is at a production house and, you know, find their email, maybe go to LinkedIn or something and get their direct email if it's not listed on the website and then reach out to them.
1: So uh, before we get to the half hour, my gosh, this 30 minutes has flown by already before we get to the half hour. So, um, Oh, I know you said, okay, so, so dealerships, obviously, they're not doing the hiring and we need to be reaching to production companies and, and connecting with creative directors and being personable, building the relationship, being mindful in our message Um, how do we know, if you know, which production companies are working with car dealerships? Or am I asking it the other way? Should I be asking the car dealership who their production company is? No,
3: you're really going to, the, the dealership really does not exist. If you want to waste the time to try to find someone in a dealership in the marketing department to get the contact information of the production If you want to do that, you can, but it's not really going to be your your time that you're investing in that is, it's kind of a loss. Okay. Um, But basically, you know, you go onto Google or whatever search engine you use, and you'll do a search for automotive production houses, like commercial production houses and automotive, and, you know, they will pop up. And, you know, if you're Looking in Seattle or whichever city that you're looking in, just type in, um, you know, commercial production agencies, commercial production houses, companies, and include the word automotive in it. And most, I mean, every once in a while you'll get an automotive production company that does more than automotive, but generally speaking, they will pop up because that's their specialty.
1: Okay. Now, I know you said, er, JTS. J- J- you early on about demos. Um, if I am, whether I'm not in a position, or maybe I just have some, can I, t- t- to pay and do coaching, or I've done some coaching, but I'm not ready to do a demo, can I provide samples? Can I build something? Can I produce my own samples? And would that work or no?
3: Well, I mean, the first thing you're gonna wanna do before reaching out is make sure that you have a dedicated space on your website okay. for automotive. Okay. And that's where whatever you have done that's automotive, whether it's a sample, you know, as a placeholder, that's where you're gonna put that. And you're gonna keep the page very simple um, and all automotive. And for, I mean, you can reach out with a good commercial demo if you have a couple of really good automotive samples with it, okay, but but you generally are going to want to be sending them automotive as your examples and and sending them automotive stuff, okay, and not just an automotive voiceover like a finished product sample for automotive.
1: I got you. But
3: yeah, because take as little as little imagination as needed out of it for them, so that it's a matter of I can see her reading my car or I can see yeah. him reading my car, like it's yeah they don't don't expect them to be creative and have to imagine you just lay it out there and be like i can do this for you you know so
1: but again um, they the, because they're a production house and this is to reiterate to people below that the the demo the sample that's one thing but when you're when you are submitting the job you're not adding you're not doing the work for them in that regard You're not adding sound bed. You're not adding sound effects and all those kinds of things. Correct. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Holy moly. 530. Uh, We are (laughs) at the half hour. This has been amazing. And of course, now all I want to do is just Google every production. (laughs) we know. (laughs) be in automotive as soon as we hang up. But let's do a quick room reset to everyone down below. Oh my gosh, we have over 40 people in the room with us. If you've just joined us, we are VO Booth Besties, and our goal is to help working voice actors get their most important questions answered by industry pros who know. And tonight, we're discussing automotive voiceover with Jenna Birmingham. Uh, Back to you, JT.
2: I suspect that we've got a lot of questions in the chat, A.B.
0: We do have a few questions in the chat. Um, and feel free to ask more, guys, if you're, if you're thinking, you've got something in your head. Matt Nelson wants to know, is there a difference between doing reads for car, SUVs, minivans, trucks, sports, um, sport cars, etc.? Like, is there a difference in the type of automotive that you're doing based Absolutely. on the curve?
3: Okay. Yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Um because like I don't do a lot of trucks cuz I don't have I mean they normally want that very gruff, very outdoor kind of voice and I'm not particularly good at that. Um but you know, for SUVs or just regular standard cars, it can honestly be um anything from a, a soft sell, you know, just which really is kind of skirting almost an um announcer read but like a conversational announcer um and then you've got the hard sell which is much more of that really high energy interface not quite sunday 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 monster truck car but you know there's still a place for that out there in the market and um you know it's it's going to come down to the copy for that for what you deliver but it it can be conversational for an suv um you know, any of those vehicles, Uh, luxury brands, that's when you're going to generally have a luxury read, which is a little slower paced, a little more professional, a little bit sexy, just, you know, very confident. That's going to be a style that's going to be your luxury style reads, you're not going to read something like that for a Dodge Ram. It's just going to sound and look really strange. Um, And vice versa, you wouldn't have this really great you know, construction worker, you know, works really hard every day, you know, putting, you know, 1000s of pounds of gear in the back of his truck, you're not going to have that voice telling you about how great the car, you know, navigates the corners and how it's just so, you know, smooth, like it's it's just it doesn't work. So yes, there are absolutely different reads for different types of vehicles. And the copy will also further differentiate within each one of those.
2: So Sam Elliott's awesome. not talking about how everything handles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it. Okay, now,
0: go ahead and uh, JT.
2: I was just wondering how much of a space is there for the that quirky voice, like the the Toyota spokeswoman. Like, do you find a lot of that just? I less actually, polished I every can, day.
3: I know, like for like Kias and. Mazdas and a lot of the, you know, mid-range vehicles, you definitely have a space for a quirky voice because I mean basically, you know, if you've got a college student, they're not going to be generally spending, you know, $100,000 on their vehicle. They're going to be going for the more moderately priced vehicles. And so you're going to be, you know, the the brand is going to be wanting to talk to the buyers. So, you know, if you've got a 20 something that's looking for a car, they're going to listen more to someone who has a younger sounding voice that's like like them, you know? So there's there's a place for every type of voice in there. I mean, the energy is gonna be the part that really makes the difference. But yeah, there's I don't think there's really any specific voice type that can or can't do automotive.
0: That is good to hear. I I for one <laughs> would like to hear some differentiation in how those things sound. Um, okay. Next question. I Moxie asked how you find your tier three clients. But I feel like you pretty much covered that. It's, you know, I mean, she says Google's letting me down. And sometimes I feel the same way. Is there any is there anywhere else other than just doing your direct marketing and hoping for the best? If there is, I
3: haven't discovered it yet. Um, If any of you do find it, please message me and let me know. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's kind of a crap answer. But that's it's really I mean, there is homework required to to finding these houses production houses, rather.
0: Yeah, and I know they are pretty rare on the pay-to-plays. I don't see very many of them, although I did see one today, which I thought was highly ironic. Woo-hoo! Um, yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Charles Higgins said, a great place to get started for VO with automotive is getting involved in the organizations. And he mentioned several C- SCADA, I don't know if you say uh-huh. SCADA or... C-I-A-D-A, N-I-A-D-A, and G-I-A-U-D-A. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Do you know what he's talking about? I do know what he's talking about. I'm actually
3: planning on going to the one here in Dallas in January, and I have not yet gone to one, so I can't say how much that would help you in terms of those becoming clients. Um, I Cliff and I are going to be going, I think. I'm not sure yet, but it, that's we're talking about that idea and um that is i mean but it is a really great place to meet some of the brands and people um i i i don't know how many marketing people go there i'm sure that they're there learning about the brands as much as i would be there learning about it as well so i i yeah so i it's a great idea charles i completely support it i am going to be doing it myself later this well next year so um yeah, that's a great piece of advice. I don't know. Again, I don't really have any experience in terms of how productive it is at this point, but I can answer that next year. <laughs> well, we'll have to
0: check back in with you. Um, exactly. He says a lot of dealers do hire directly, especially the larger groups. So reaching out to the organizations may be one good approach. Um, that's so. That's some great advice. I, uh, Adrian price asked, I frequently get 32nd automotive spots with too much copy, any suggestions Mm -hmm. on how to record faster without screaming? Although most direction is high energy. What are your thoughts on that?
3: That is so common in commercial copy in general. Uh, just, just learn to talk fast. And some of the times you can you know read it at a normal pace. It, the thing that's nice about automotive from a producer's standpoint, you know, normally with commercials, we're very much, you know hit your mark on time. I actually like the reads to be a little bit longer. like if it's a 30, I'd kind of prefer 31. I know Cliff prefers 32, um, because it gives us more options and what we can do to your voice in terms of overlapping and putting effects and things like that on it. And if you deliver your copy in 28, that really doesn't give us a lot to work with. And I mean, there's times where you'll get copy, and it's very spread out because they've got a lot of footage footage that they want to show on the commercial. And that's, I mean, obviously, it's a script by script, locate or situation. um, with the having too much copy. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to be delivering, you know, my my three deliveries that I'm sending for that client, I will do one. In the 30 seconds, I will do one at a more comfortable pace. You know, I mean, you, they will probably come back after the fact with an edit. And sometimes they do want you to read it as, you know, if there's 35 seconds, they sometimes will want you to read it and then they can cut it out as they produce it. If they're like, oh, we don't really need that line. They can do that. That's that's the out of your hand stuff. Um, But yeah, in terms of trying to make it all fit, just get get good at speaking fast
0: <laughs> amen i um i was lucky to be someone who just talks really really fast and i have still found some spots that i'm like <laughs> i did some for a luxury automotive um dealership in virginia and they wanted it to be luxurious but they gave me about 45 seconds of copy to fit uh-huh. in 30 seconds and i'm like luxurious and yeah. super fast do not marry yeah. middle very well um, yeah,
3: you can't, you can't have both. I mean, right. today I had I had a spot, it was 40 seconds of copy and they wanted it in 30. They went up, I got to do three revisions for those three commercials <laughs> because they kept changing the script. And ultimately they're like, Nope, we'll just take all 40 seconds. We want all 40 seconds. And I was like, the client is always right, even when they're wrong. So I did it. And I, you know, micro machined my way through that thing and delivered it and they're happy with it. That's, I I didn't like it, but They did. And that's
2: the important part. So,
0: Yep. I (laughs) love it. Let's Let's throw throw disclaimers
2: in. in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On top of it. But that's really great advice, Jenna, to to give them a take that is what they're looking for in the time frame, but to also give them a take or two that are a little bit longer. And I've had the same thing happen where they take Mm. the longer one.
1: Yep. And I think this... All ties into back to how you manage your business, how you are not just the owner, not just the actor, but you're also customer service. And Jenna, I know I've, I've actually trained with you uh, in one of your workshops. And, you know, the, I, I think it's really important to reiterate if anybody missed earlier on in the podcast that that you do a lot of, of, of self-direction. You, you learn the mm-hmm. style that the dealership likes. You know, once you kind of you know, understand each other, then you, that's what you're doing. It's not hand-holding, it's not directed sessions and, and Zoom calls and things like that to get you there. And so building that relationship, it goes beyond just commercial or audiobook or whatever genre you're in, it still applies to this as well. Correct. All day long. Any
0: more questions, AB? So we have. Let's see. um, So just lots of other people offering really great advice. Um, Mm -hmm. Andrew Morrison suggests that BBB, the Better Business Bureau, is a good site to check for automotive advertising agencies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm trying to remember. There was one more. Well, I'll jump in real quick while you look. So
2: Jenna,
1: why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh maybe just it's about you, but maybe just toss in a little info about Cliff, your collaboration, and how you're also doing workshops since I've done that
3: okay, um well, about once a month, uh troy, hey, hi Troy, um <laughs> he and I do an automotive workshop, and we keep it small, like six or seven people. We're actually opening up to seven people now because we accidentally had seven this last time because six women and one man we wound up getting it overbooked somehow, but we did it with seven. And, you know, we still wind up giving everybody ample time to read. Um, It's about two hours and some change. Everybody gets to choose two scripts that we provide. And they go through their read and, you know, hopefully no one is practicing while other people are reading because the feedback that we're giving sometimes it's completely applicable to everybody. It's not just that one person who happened to read it. And, um, and we at the end of it, we also open it to questions. Um, but we went we really went up doing that. This last time actually, Cliff had messaged me and he asked if he could pop in there. So he actually wound up being in the last one for a little while. And he had a blast. How fun. Um, it was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, Cliff and I have kind of partnered up and I kind of help people Really, with the nuts and bolts of everything, and um, when they're they're ready, I, I I shove them to Cliff, and he works with them for demo preparation and making their demos. And you know, if someone comes to him, and you know, if he doesn't have a whole lot of time to bring someone up to the level that they need to be at, you know, I'm another option that they can have to train with. So that's that's how he and I have. Wound up partnering up, and for the One Voice Awards this year, he's sponsoring the Best Automotive Male Performance, and I'm sponsoring Best Automotive Female Performance. So we're awesome. we're really, yeah, we're, we're both really excited about it.
1: <laughs> so. And you're going to be. We'll see you at the One Voice Conference. Absolutely, yeah. can't wait. Um, you just said something that made uh, oh, the workshop thing. You know, that mm-hmm. is something I would definitely encourage the folks below, not only, you know, connect with Jenna, but definitely the collab she does with Troy, the, these workshops, you know, what a wonderful way to dip your toe in the water, see if Mm -hmm. it's even for you, you know, get some live feedback. I, I think it's just again, for any genre, but specifically for automotive, because it is, it is a unique genre just to get a taste of it, you know, rather than just taking on just saying, I'm going to get a demo or just do full on coaching. Start with those workshops. It's a yeah. great way. And you're learning from your peers, you're learning, you're getting introduced to new people, you're making new connections. And I just think it's a really great way to well, to and that's, kind of get into
3: it. And that's why, that's why we wound up doing this. I, and I had spoken to Cliff before actually doing the first one because it is kind of like a beginner. I mean, obviously you don't have to be a beginner to do it. But for people that are just kind of oh, I don't know if I, you know, if automotive's for me. I don't know if I'm I'm going to like it. I don't know if I might be good at it. It's it's really a great spot, you know, for you to just dive in and do it. And you know, it's like it's a no judgment location. We're not expecting you know, Oscar winning performances on these things at all. You know, it's, it's, if you flub a line, that's fine. Start the line over. No one's, no one's going to be saying anything about it, you know, because it's an opportunity for you to learn and see if you like it. And also for people that, you know, did do it, you know, once upon a time or they, you know, started doing it a couple of years ago, haven't done one at all. And they just kind of want to brush up and just, you know, do some automotive copy to, you know, just refresh your mind on the whole thing. It's, it's, that's what it's really there for is, is for that. I mean, individual coaching is individual coaching. That's where you can get like the more fine tuned questions that you may have that are more related to you specifically and your own specific strengths and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's where you're, one on one coaching. But for the, for the workshops, that's, that's really, it's really there for people to really find out if this is something that they like and to really start trying it and start doing it.
2: And I can attest to the, The quality, because I did your X session with Cliff in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and it was a great room full of diverse talent and Mm -hmm. people at all levels, people who have done automotive, people who have never tried it before, and your your coaching and Cliff's years of experience are just spot on, and you really do learn from everybody in the room. There's just a takeaway with every read.
0: Awesome. So I wanted to ask a couple more questions that were in the chat. Um, okay. Andrew Morrison wants to know, what was Jenna's favorite automotive spot she's done recently? And what was her favorite blooper during an automotive commercial? Oh, Lord. Um. Okay, my favorite one is honestly the one that won last year.
3: <laughs> because when I read it, I mean, you know when you nail a read, you you have that feeling in your body. And when I did that read, I was like, oh, like, this is a good one. I just, I felt it in my bones. And, you know, and the hard part of that is, you know, we can do a stellar read, but you don't know what the producer is going to do with it. So it's very much a team effort for a a solid, you know, solid commercial. And what, like when I did hear it fully produced and I watched it, I was just like, I, I was, I was so, so proud of it. And, um, when it came time for the One Voice Awards, I was like, that, that, "That puppy's going up there," and 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 it did win. So I I was and at the same time, I was surprised that I won um, because I was happy to be nominated. Because <laughs> like, not getting nominated for any voiceover award, whether it's a Sova's One Voice, whatever, being nominated just because of the company that you're in, you're that's a win. That is an absolute win, and that was how I felt about my automotive spot like i knew i loved it i knew it was a strong piece and i'm super super proud of it and then i wound up actually getting to win with it which was just icing i guess on top of everything so that has actually probably been my favorite spot just because i i felt you know from my my head to my toes i felt that rate was amazing best blooper oh lord i i really don't know Um. Not, nothing good. I mean, it might be a dog barking in the background or there was, Oh, there was one where my dog snored during a luxury. <laughs> read. That was awesome. Um, I didn't save it, but, <laughs> but yeah, most it, I mean, because I, I do so much, uh, so many commercials in a day, I don't have a whole lot of time to really mess around with, with my copy. It, it's very quick turnaround on it. So if I do blooper it, I, you know, snapping and starting my line right over and I keep going. It's, you know, some people get to spend a little bit more time kind of resetting and I I don't really have that luxury with between my day job and my freelance voiceover stuff.
0: So yeah, I don't have any, unfortunately, really good bloopers for automotive. (laughs) Well, maybe then you can tell us when you get booked to describe, this is Stephen Blair, when you get booked to describe, oh, sorry, Do you also get booked to describe the individual vehicles when you get a dealership account? I actually did that for the
3: Lexus LS back in 2020, I believe it was. Um, I was the Alexa inside the vehicle, which goes through all the shiatsu massage and all, all the features and then the type of the woodworking that was in it and all this. like Literally, it was about three pages of all the features that that vehicle has so yes you can absolutely get booked for that i i had done their commercial um and they came right back and said hey can we also get you to voice that and i was like of course <laughs> like i'm gonna be in the lexus are you kidding yes that's awesome so yes you you definitely can have that opportunity to do those um i i did that was not one of my direct clients so i don't know how some would necessarily go about marketing for that specifically, um, I feel like that would be something that would probably come through an agency though.
1: Yeah. Jenna, are most of these jobs, the tier, I'm going to mess it up, tier two and tier three, are they non-union?
3: Well, I'm, I'm not union. I live in a right to work state. So oh, okay. yeah, so I can, I, I can do whatever, but pretty much all tier three, it's, it's, you do not have to be union to do those. Tier one, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Okay. Um, but for the most part, if you're, if you're focusing on tier three, yeah, you, you do
0: not need to be union at all. Awesome. All right. When you are emailing your automotive marketing list, Andrew wants to know what do your general emails look like as an introductory outreach? And we don't expect you to give us a play by play of what you write, but if you want to give us a little sneak peek very short very concise um i try to keep it within three
3: sentences honestly um if i've found an automotive production house that's an award winner since i do have an award that i've won i i'm cheesy i'll admit it and i'll just be like you know an award-winning commercial production company deserves an award-winning voice that's that's my first line and it's a bit cocky and that's okay with me, <laughs> so you know and it gets it does get the attention, but generally you know you want to keep it to a few sentences you know that you you're you know an automotive or you know you do automotive voiceover work, and you'd really love to work on a project with them, and here's my contact information, here's my demo, here's you know a link to my website where you can hear more demos and more samples, and that's really it. It, it's it's very short you wind up getting your relationship with that company as it grows. You're not out to be their best friend straight out the gates it's it's still their time and you know everybody's busy so don't try to take a lot of it telling them your life story and you know how you know whatever flowery stuff that you may have don't you don't need to embellish keep it do that whole kiss method thing where they- keep it simple stupid that one.
0: Awesome. I think I said that like 13 times already tonight. I think I'm so <laughs> tired. You are so awesome, Jenna, that I can't stop saying awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay,
1: so it. that is so that is so on point. Did you go, if you didn't see my message in VO Bo- speaking of the the Lego movie. So I actually reached out to Will Arnett, uh his publicist who plays Batman in the Lego movie to see if he'd come <laughs> yeah, on oh. the show. And she actually emailed me back. Now she said he's not available, but I don't care. She, hey, <laughs> I asked and she he, answered
3: so. Exactly, she still responded and that's, you know what? That's a reach out point. I mean, he may, I don't know, maybe off season for the Lego TV show that he does. You never know. You I never am. know what he's doing
1: in his off time. Well, we've done it. We are nearing the hour and this has just been absolutely incredible. So informative. You have just been a wealth of knowledge and we appreciate it so much, Jenna. Uh, but before you go, we like to ask our guests three for fun questions, kind of James Lipton style. So oh, Lord. Okay. No, you'll, it, it's not, it's not too bad. We're gentle. Um, so the first one is what singer, bander, composer are you enjoying right now?
3: My favorite is Hans Zimmer, nice.
1: composer. Yeah. Um, You're I'm, not a Swifty? Sorry, what I said. You're not a Swifty.
3: <laughs> I mean, she has she broken up with someone. Is there a new album? <laughs> I I don't know. I can't keep up. <laughs> I, no, I I I mean, I definitely I'm more of an alt rock person. Okay, um, but yeah, I lately I've really just been listening to a lot of Hans Zimmer. His live in Prague show that he did several years ago. I, I bought it because I just watched that. Well, listened to it on repeat because it's fantastic. I love his music. Um, and his catalog is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, like there's something for every mood basically in there. And um, I don't know, actually, was it 30 Seconds to Mars that they, he came out with a song recently that I listened to on repeat for about a day. Um, <laughs> like, um, most of the stuff that I really regularly listen to is stuff over the past 30 years that I'm just in a mood for. Um, I do like Imagine Dragons a lot. I Marin 5 was a favorite for a long time. James Addiction, raw, Red Hot Chili Peppers were my favorite a lot in the 90s.
1: Zeppelin. You got a, good, you got a good mix. You got a good mix. I do. I do. So our second question is, if you listen to podcasts, we found that many of our interviewees do not actually listen to podcasts. But if you do, uh, do you have a favorite or top three? I
3: I am one of those that do not listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I I uh, Paul Schmidt has he I check his stuff out. Um, Mark Scott he every once in a while I'll see one of his. Mm-hmm. Um and I and I I think it's because they're on YouTube and um Mark Scott's is because his free, free advice Fridays I believe. That's right. Yep. That's yeah. Right. I, I I pop onto his once in a while. Um. Troy, I listen to his podcast Yay! every once in a while. um, I try to kid him with Clubhouse, but clubhouse is it just it's really hit or miss i'm I'm really not on Clubhouse as much as I would like to be um but yeah i'm I'm not a religious podcast person. If I was, it would probably be for a murder show to be perfectly honest. Oh
1: my gosh, I love it. I have spoken like a true awesome woman. Um, Okay, so the last question, beware, man. The last question is, what is your favorite dessert?
3: Okay, there's this Freeport Bakery in Sacramento, and they have this Black Forest cake. You honestly need maybe an inch cube cut of it. It is so rich and just melts in your mouth. It is just, oh, like... (laughs) Whenever I'm back visiting my family or my kids, I'm like, we need to stop at the Freeport Bakery. Um, <laughs> for our square once. inch of... of <laughs> oh, no, you can't buy You have to buy at least a quarter sheet. So, I mean, you buy that, you're good for about two weeks. You're, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's insane. But yeah, that's, that's probably one of my, my favorites. Although I really also like the Snickers ice cream bars. So,
1: <laughs> Okay, and I have an alternative. To the Snickers ice cream bar. That will make you feel like you're eating healthier. And and I've just completely forgotten what they are. Oh my gosh. I'm a big jerk. Kind bars. It is a kind ice cream bar. And it has almonds and dark. And it tastes like a Snickers bar. But you're like, oh, it's so organic and yummy and delicious and it's got real (laughs) nuts. And you just suddenly you're like, I'm eating this thing and I feel like I'm not eating a bad thing. But you are. But still, it's better than a Snickers bar. It's better. Yeah, it is better than this. Yeah,
3: just because I like it doesn't mean I said it very often.
1: (laughs)
2: Exactly. I'll send you the info. Anyway, okay, over to you, JT. (laughs) We want to remind everyone that Bo Booth Besties is live two days a week. We invite you to join us on Monday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern, and back here on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 Eastern.
0: Meanwhile, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. Replays are all available to listen to on our website, boothbesties.com, or on YouTube podcasts or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. So be sure to share your comments, like, and subscribe. Sign up for the VO Booth Besties Monday newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. And you'll find discounts from our affiliate partners there as well. And some of them are pretty good. So, excellent. And coming up.
1: This Thursday, on our VO 101 series, we'll be joined by audiobook producer Almida Bainan from HarperCollins Publishing. Uh, we are starting an audiobook series, so you are definitely going to want to start on Thursday, and then we'll keep going after that. Uh, we'll fill you in on the next Thursday workday, so we're also going to have an audiobook Thursday workday. Oh, and then we have a surprise announcement on Thursday as well. So anyway... Just show up on Thursday. That's the bottom line. Just, <laughs> just show up. You're right there. Exactly. Thanks so much, everyone, for being here tonight, Jenna. Thank you again, and everyone, have a great evening.
0: Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening to another episode of Vo Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts, and follow us
2: on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going.
0: Vo, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties.
2: Yeah, it's a, a thing. thing.